Hello, and thank you for listening to the Greater Life Church podcast. Today's message was recorded April 7, 2019. On this particular Sunday, construction crews have hit a water line while working on our parking lot, disrupting water service to the building. Today's service was supposed to be one worship song and what Brother Hughes called a sermonette. However, the Lord had different plans. We hope that you were blessed by today's message and will subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play. We also invite you to join us in person for service each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., and again on Wednesday night for Bible study at 7.30 p.m. If you cannot join us in person, you can view our services by visiting our website at www.greaterlc.com. Greater Life Church now brings you Pastor Mark Hughes and The Things We Do to Ourselves. Oh, hallelujah! I praise you, I praise you, I praise you. Thank you for being here today. Again, we apologize for the inconvenience, but that's all right. It is just part of progress. I learned a long time ago, there's some things that are not worth getting stressed out about. And this is one of them. You just live through it. We're going to do better. And uh, not long from now, we're going to have a new building that we can celebrate in. This is just part of the journey. Amen. Well, come to church. You never know what's going to happen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being here today. If you have your Bibles for a few moments, I want to go back to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4. We're going to read our focused verses from last week, 7, 8, and 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7, 8, and 9. For those of you that have been inquiring, Sister Amy's surgery went very well this week, and she is recovering well, and we give God the praise for that. Amen. Amen. Sister Gage, it is so good to see you today. A great report this week, man. And a report on Sister Amy, the last scan they did, they found no cancer. Is that correct? Absolutely none. We ought to give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Do not miss that verse. Underline that last portion, that the excellency, that the superior nature of the power, it's superior to every other power. You gotta get that in your mind or none of the rest of it really makes sense. But when you understand that the excellency, the superior nature, a number above all numbers is one translation of that word. The excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. 
The analogy that Paul draws is from the athletic realm. And it was a mixture of wrestling and boxing terminology that was used. But they all convey a unique message to us. They speak to us of the many things that you and I will encounter in our journey of life. Trouble. We're going to have times when we don't know what to do. There are going to be moments that we are going to feel pressured, pressed, persecuted, pursued. And there are times that we are going to feel like we have completely been knocked off our feet. But there is an answer to those situations. My subject, and I don't even remember the whole title because I gave them the wrong one to start with. But what do we got up there? You got the difference between what we are and what we have in us. Amen. And if I could put a subtitle on this one today, I want to talk to you about the things we do to ourselves. Amen. Say that with me. The things we do to ourselves. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Water break or no water break. I feel like today that I am on a divine assignment. And I do not say that braggingly. I say that trembling because I feel like I have more than a sermon to deliver. I have a message to give to somebody. And I believe that God has a way of speaking to us. I am not here to lecture you, but I do want to communicate a truth to you and to give you not a discourse, but I want to help you find a recourse to what life is doing to you at this moment. God would like for some of us to be reminded of something so simple and yet so profound. And that is what is on the inside of you is greater than what's going on on the outside of you right now. Some of you need to embrace that fact and believe that and understand that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The more I explore this text, the more I am amazed at it when I find God revealing his power in such frail, fragile vessels as clay. Paul spoke of it as earthen vessels, but the literal translation are jars of clay. Or one translator said they were cracked pots. And yet in these enfeebled and limited vessels, God has chosen to invest his power. The the same power that spoke in the very beginning and said, let there be that same power resides in us. Not the power that we can say, let there be, but knowing that in me is something greater than anything that is against me. The chaos, the darkness, the blackness of the canvas does not limit what God can do in my life at any moment of time. All it takes is for God to say a word. And that changes everything. 
Amen. Somebody say everything. Everything. It's the stark and startling contrast between a treasure, the, the, the worth of it that is beyond earthly measure, and then he deposits it in this frail, fragile human vessel. So that the glory of the ministry that is in us, that divine work that God is doing, is set against the backdrop of all of the frustrations and the limitations of human life. And it is set there to help you understand that even though you may have to go through some things, those things do not have to define you, nor do they have to defy your progress, nor do they have to limit what God wants to do in your life. Amen. I don't know, but you don't need to let the container fool you today. Amen. I may not look like much. But there's something on the inside of me that's worth more than this whole world. So don't be deceived by what you see. You may see a simple man up here trying to make a point. But there's something moving deeper than that today. It's the voice of the Almighty that wants to speak into this congregation today. And speak into your life today. And say, hey, you need to listen to what I have to say. Now, I don't know Greek, but I know a guy that knows Greek. And my brother and I have been in great discussions over the last little bit about this passage of Scripture. And I discovered something this week that has astonished me. Now, I had to make sure that I understood what I was understanding. And so I called him and I asked him and he said, yes, that is exactly what that means. But... I discovered afresh, and I knew this, but it didn't, it never really registered in me. But in the Greek, there are three voices that you are used to speak in. There is the active voice. When the word is used and, and the meaning of the, that, the active voice means that the subject causes this. A person, you or I, cause this. That is the Active voice. And then there is the passive voice, which means that the subject receives the consequences of the action. And then the third voice is the middle voice, which means the subject participates in the action. He is the cause and focus of the outcome of what happens. And do you know that everyone of these things that Paul mentions here are all mentioned in the middle voice. Which means this. Life does something and we do something to ourself to counteract what life is doing to us. So the essence of what Paul is saying to them is that it is not what life does to us that causes us so much grief, but it's what we do to ourselves from what life does to us 
that causes us to shipwreck or to wreak havoc in our family or in our relationship. It's not that life is not fair. It's not that life is not equitable. It's not that life is not an even playing field. But it's what we do to ourselves when we step onto that field. The limitation that we put on ourselves. The restriction that we put ourselves into. Those are the things that cause me to miss the best that God has for me. Not what the world does to me. But what I wind up doing to myself. Can I stop and preach a little bit right now? You know, it's bad enough what you're going through right now. But what, what, what's worse to me is what you're doing to yourself while you're going through it. You see, life has a way of perplexing us. Life has a way. There's mysteries about life that none of us are fully going to understand. There are things about life that I could live a hundred years and still not understand. And yet many times what I allow to happen in my life and what I do to myself is directly in relationship to what life is doing right now around me. If I am surrounded by trouble, I oftentimes cave into that and I give into that and I am overwhelmed by my trouble. And Paul said, I come to tell you something. You need to be reminded that there's something inside of you that's greater than what's going on around you. And there's something that I've, that God has put in you that's greater than anything that life could do to you. And yet if we're not careful, We can allow life to push us into a corner and cause us to make decisions that are unwise and go in directions that are not healthy for us. And and it pushes us to a place of our human limitation. And we feel like because we're at the end of our rope, that life is at the end. And what we fail to realize is that the end for us is the beginning for God. That the end for me is where God has the opportunity to really step in and show who He is in my life. He is the Lord of all circumstances. He is the Lord over every problem in my life. He is the Lord over every distress that I face. But the trouble is, sometimes I never get to the Lord part. I self-destruct on the me part. I destroy myself. I'm perplexed. That means you don't know what to do. Somebody say, I don't know what to do. You ever been in a place where you didn't know what to do? But then you did something anyway? I mean, I can think of a lot of examples in Scripture. God promises Abraham, you're going to have seed that's going to bless and be multiplied. It's going to be like the stars of the sky and the sand of the seashore. Your posterity is going to be multiplied hundreds and thousands of times over. And yet, Abraham is 90 years old. He still doesn't have a child. He doesn't have a promised seed. And his wife doesn't look like she's going to be able to produce that. And so when we get back into these situations where life 
comes at us and it comes to that point of the impossible. We fail to remember that he is the God of the possible. He is the God of what can be, not what cannot be. And so we, we stop there at our impossibility, failing to realize that just on the other side of that impossibility is God's possibility and his potential for my life. And if I can ever step across that line, if I can ever push my way through, if I can just live through it, if I can just live long enough, God's going to step in. And so Sarah and Abraham got together and said, we don't know what to do. We're not doing a very good job of this. So here's Hagar. What a mistake. We're still living with it. We're still dealing with the repercussions of that bad decision. But they're not the only ones that ever made a bad decision. They're not the only one that life's pushed and pressed and, and hit and knocked and kicked and gouged and shoved and marginalized. And yet we get to the point where we don't need a devil to be bad. We can do enough to ourselves to take care of that. And I think sometimes we must be making the devil happy because he would really like to have credit for that, but he can't take credit for what I'm doing to myself. I beat myself up. I beat myself down. I talk myself out of victory. I talk myself out of deliverance. I talk myself out of overcoming. I talk myself out of joy. I talk myself out of happiness because I am so convinced that my surroundings right now are as good as it's going to get. And I'm here to tell you, they're not as good as it's going to get. There's another realm out there. There's another glory that's waiting to be revealed. Come on, somebody. Wake up and look around you right now. It's not just you and your family, but it's you and your God. And your God is greater than anything that is against you right now. Hallelujah. I feel like dancing in the presence of my enemy right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. You can be seated for just a minute. You know what? Distress happens in life. It happens. We get into places where we don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. We're at a loss. One translation of the word in the Greek means embarrassed. You ever been in a place in life where you're just embarrassed? Man, I ought to be doing better than this. What are people thinking about me now? Look at me. Man, I, I, I talk about the goodness of God, but look at the hell I'm living through right now. What are people thinking? So we, we're embarrassed. And we allow the embarrassment of ourselves to morph into a denial of what God 
is already doing and what he's already done. Now I want to ask you a dumb question. How many of you are alive right now? Some of you don't know. I want to ask that question again. How many of you are alive this morning? Yeah. Now, how many of you have ever had the devil fight you? And yet you're still alive. So that tells me that if the devil could have killed me, he would have already done it. If he could have destroyed me, he would have already done it. But the fact that I'm here right now and I have arms that I can lift and I have feet that I can run with tells me that the devil cannot do what he says he can do because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm telling you right now that if the devil could have taken you out, he would have done that a long time ago. But he can't take you out. He can't destroy what God has put in you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. think I need to preach anymore. You just hold on, you can stay standing. One other thing. The word perplexity is a future tense. It's not talking about Necessarily what's happening right now is talking about the future. When he looked to the future, he couldn't see himself getting there. He couldn't see any way he could ever get through what he's going through to get there. And some of us are looking to the future and we're overwhelmed at what we see because we're wondering, how am I going to get there? I don't I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can make that. And I've come to tell somebody here this morning that has said to yourself, I don't think I can live through what I'm going through right now. You hear me. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And this is my point. This is my point. I'm going to go back to what I just got through saying. That if the devil could have killed you, he would have already done it. If he could have destroyed you, he could have already done it. So what you need to do is forget about the future. The future's in God's hands. What you need to do is rejoice in the present. Because right now, I'm alive. Right now, I have joy. Right now, I have my hands and my feet and my mouth. And I need to utilize what I have right now. And forget about what tomorrow may hold. Come on, somebody. Get your shouting shoes off. Hallelujah. Come on. I'm not going down. I'm going over. Whoa, yes. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you what I feel like right now.
I feel like some of you have borrowed sorrows and borrowed fears and borrowed doubts and borrowed despairs from what could be, what might be. And you have lost sight of what is. So I want to get you reacquainted with what is. I don't know what the future holds. And I'm not advocating ignorance. I'm not talking about sticking your head in the sand and burying it. But this is what I am telling you about your future. You acknowledge it, but you don't accept it until God unfolds it. Because your mind and my mind can paint a picture of the future that has nothing to do with what God has planned for me out there. And so I I acknowledge today I have a future. But I'm not borrowing worry and fear from tomorrow. I'm going to live right now. And I'm going to live in this knowledge, Sister Rose, that if he could get me from there to here, then certainly he can take me from here to there. Oh, yes. (laughs) Some of you need to get over this stuff that you're going through right now. Oh, my goodness. Woo! I don't know where to pull the plug on this one. What I used to tell people when I was counseling them, which I don't do a very good job of, because most of my counseling sessions have not turned out real well, but one of the things I tell them is, you know what, that bed was on fire when you got in it, so... Why are you freaking out about being wet or being, uh, being burnt? I mean, I mean, but I, I, I tell people all the time, I said, quit shooting yourself in the foot and wondering why your foot hurts. I mean, I'm convinced we wouldn't need a devil from now till Jesus comes and we can still sabotage our life and miss heaven. Because life has a way of doing things to us in our mind and our thoughts and the pressures and, and, and it looks like. Everybody say it looks like. Appearances are deceiving. Amen. Just because it looks like something doesn't mean it is something. But you know what? In our mind, if it looks like it, then it must be. And Paul said, hold on. Don't make that move yet. You may be in, in, in distress. You may be in perplexity. But don't let that morph into doubt and fear and questioning. Some of you are questioning whether even God's even got his hand on you. Some of you question whether you even have the Holy Ghost. Some of you question if you're even called of God. Why? What's made you do that? What we do to ourselves, life doesn't work out the way we we thought when we gave it to God. God would open every door. He would make every path straight. And yet we've gone the crooked way. 
You know what's amazing? If a bubble was released at the bottom of a, a pond of water, that bubble is is air, and air is lighter than water. And so naturally, it's going to go up. And you would think that a bubble at the bottom would go straight up. But have you ever been in a place where there's an aquarium and watch those bubbles as they go up? They kind of do this. You know why? Because water has different densities. And that, that molecule of air that has something in it that's pulling it up. There's something in it will not let it stay down. There's something in it that will not let it be a dweller on the bottom. And so it's trying to find its way out. But it keeps bumping into this adversity and it bumps into this, this dense piece of water and it bumps into this. But it just keeps moving because it knows that its destiny is not in the deep. Oh, I wish I could tell somebody. That's all right. I'm still going up. I'm still going up. Who cares what it looks like? Who cares if the journey's crooked? Who cares if I have to make a few turns here and there? As long as I'm going in the right direction. And greater is he. What's in you will not allow you to stay down. If you let it out, it'll come up. But if you're not careful, you can suppress all that hope. No, you're not getting away from me. Let it go. Next thing you know, you're on top. Turn to your neighbor and stop doing that to yourself. Now stop doing that to yourself. I tell you what else I want you to do. From this point forward, if you hear somebody trying to tell you something negative, stop doing that to yourself. Stop doing that to yourself. Come on. All you're doing is suppressing something God's trying to release. This is what I've discovered about God. What I started out may not, what I started out with may not be what I end with. But what I end with is more important than what I started out with. When Paul and those Roman soldiers started out in that ship, it was whole and intact. It was a seaworthy vessel. But by the time they were deposited on the shores of Malta, there were only scraps and pieces of it. Amen. Life may change, 
but you still have enough with you to get you through. You still have enough in you to see you through. And what you've got now is more important than even what you started out with. Because what you have now is sufficient to get you through to the end. So stop moaning about what it used to be and embrace what it is. But you know what? If God could get me from there to here, I know he can get me from here to there. So instead of freaking out and worrying and getting stressed about, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Tell them there, God just not finished yet. Amen. Don't judge an unfinished product. And God's not through with me yet. Amen. And he'll keep, it may bump around a little bit, but eventually it's going to hit, hit the sky. Clap your hands to the Lord and let's give him praise. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you, I told this to some of the people that were here praying last night. There's a difference between demonic spirits and, and spirits. They're not all the same. Some are human spirits. You know what I've discovered about a human spirit? You can't cast out a human spirit. Human spirit. If you want to know what the human spirit's capable of, go read the book of Ephesians, Galatians. Carnality, lust, flesh, all that kind of stuff. Lying, cheating, stuff. If you go to the New Testament and you study the miracles, when he came to deal with a demonic spirit, he demanded, he rebuked it. He said, get out of here. But when he dealt with the woman with the spirit of infirmity, the Bible said she was been over 28 years or 18 years with the spirit of infirmity. She had done that to herself. The infirmity he was talking about was not a sickness. It was talking about any malady of the mind. It's what we let go on up here. If we're not careful through life, we keep going. And the farther we go, the more we become like this. And you know what the Lord did to that woman? He didn't rebuke that spirit. He said, woman, thou art loosed. God wants to lose some of you this morning. Get your head up. Quit looking around you and freaking out about everything that's not right. Why don't you look inside of you at what God has put in that weak, fragile vessel and realize this isn't about me anyway. This is about His glory. <laughs> yeah. He's not doing this to show off just to you. He's doing this to show off to the heavenlies, according to Paul. He wants the angels to know what can happen. Amen. Oh, I better let you go. I feel another preach coming on. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm serious today. I'm not trying to be facetious. I do believe God sent me here today. Water or no water. 
God wants to lose some of you. Amen. You've done it to yourself. I said you've done it to yourself. So burdened down. So overwhelmed. No way out. No way through. You're not looking to the right place. God always has a move. I said God always has a move. God always has a move. You cannot hem God in. I better shut up. I feel the preaching in me right now. Amen. Would you say it with me again? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than everything that is around me. Oh, hallelujah. Y'all act like you want to keep going. (laughs) Well, why don't you just shout a little bit? Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. You prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Though the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall there be fruit on the vine. The labor of the olive shall fail and there's no herd in the stall. Yet will I shout aloud and dance about. (laughs) Because the economy does not hold my future. And the government does not hold my future, but God holds it. In Jesus' name. Love about four or five people around you and tell them, you need to wake up.